1: Will Blake Sable be Connor Joe 2.0, or is he going to be something more than that? And what about Bryce Johnson and Sean Jelly? Are they going to break through at the Major League level? It looks like we're going to find out because all three of those guys likely to make the opening day roster according to Farhan Zaidi. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Caspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple. Passionate and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, lowest price. Guaranteed. Also, by the way, we're on YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already and hit the subscribe button if you are on YouTube watching the show. And coming up on today's show, we've got some news. Farhan Zaidi joined the broadcast booth during the Giants televised spring game last night with Dave Fleming and Sean Estes. And it was like a three half innings, so one and a half full innings worth of an interview and there was a lot good job dave fleming kind of asking all the pertinent questions it was a really fascinating interview and what did we learn we learned that essentially that blake sable bryce johnson and sean jelly are likely to make that opening day roster and you know this is something we have been discussing a little bit recently and and basically what opened up this opportunity for those guys Specifically for the two hitters, Sable and Bryce Johnson, are the injuries to Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater. So those are two right handed hitters, and now they're outfield looking very left handed. But that, so Bryce Johnson kind of addresses that issue where, you know, Sable, okay, let me back up a little bit. Sable, of course, you probably know is a Rule 5 pick, and so he has to make the team or else they can't keep him. And so you know, he's a catcher also, catcher and outfielder. And so there was the competition at the catcher position. And it's like, are you really going to send down Joey Bart to keep a guy who's completely un- unproven, wasn't a top prospect like Joey Bart was considered recently? Uh, and so it, it was kind of an uphill battle to to break camp, even though he was having such a good spring. And so the fact that there were injuries in the outfield with Haniger and Slater opened up another avenue for Sable to make the team and so that's what's happening here is that Sable's probably going to play in the outfield and they'll probably this is what Farhan Zaidi said they'll carry essentially quote three catchers with Sable being one of them but he would be playing in the outfield and so you know the consequence there the result there is that I think you're likely to see Joey Bart and Roberto Perez make the opening day roster with Austin Wins being the one who doesn't but you know, it could be some any two really of the three, Bart, Perez, and uh wins. But I think when all is said and done, they're they're just not gonna you know, Bart doesn't have much left to prove in the minors. And so I think they're just gonna thrust him in and see if he can address the issues that he's had the last couple times he's been in the majors. But The real story here is Sable and Bryce Johnson and then also Sean Jelly. But for Sable, I mean, he just had such an impressive spring. The last time I looked, he was leading all of, you know, major league spring training players, players in major league camps in walk rate. And so he's just been on base a ton. His walk rate, it was like three days ago I was looking. It was over 20%, uh, which is just really high. Walking a lot, but also hitting and hitting for power as well. This is a guy who really, I mean, his minor league numbers are extremely good. If you look at what did he do in AAA with the Pirates organization last year, he hit 296, he had a 426 on base percentage of 543 slugging. This guy really, really hit in the minors and, you know, it wasn't just in AAA all the way through his minor league career. He's, he's really hit well. And so lefty bat, righty thrower. He's probably going to start in left field on opening day, continuing the streak of different left fielders for the Giants to, what, 17 years or something? Uh, Is it that many? 16? It's been a long time since Barry Bonds, 07. Uh, Don't do math while you're live on the air. That's my rule. And so anyway, like I said, is he going to be Connor Joe 2.0? Connor Joe was also a Rule 5 pick. In the same way, he wasn't a Rule 5 pick by the Giants, but they traded for him, I think from the same team, right? The Reds? picked him and then the Giants traded for him so there are a lot of similarities here and what happened with Connor Joe is that he struggled through the first like week of the season and they weren't winning and so they just couldn't kind of tolerate that and they ended up offering him back but with Sable I mean it's just going to be another opportunity and we're going to find out can he you know, it's like sink or swim. You're either gonna perform or you're not. And he kinda has to do it quickly. And if he struggles mightily for a week or two, then it's probably not he'll probably not stick. But he's gonna get that opportunity. He had a really impressive camp. I don't know exactly what you're gonna get defensively in the outfield. It seems like a potential for another problem uh defensively, but maybe he's good. I, I don't really kind of I haven't scouted him a lot in the outfield. But speaking of defense, Bryce Johnson, that's what he really brings to the table and is also going to provide kind of that counterbalance to all the left-handed outfielders that they have now which includes Sable as well. So it's, you know, Sable in left, Yastrzemski in center and Michael Conforto in right. Those are three lefties and then you look at the backups at the at the outf- in the outfield, you're looking at Lamont Wade Jr, Jock Peterson, Tyro Estrada being like the one exception as a right-handed hitter who could potentially play some outfield. He's seen some time there the last couple years. But, you know, Bryce Johnson solves a problem there in that he can play center. And so, if say there's a lefty pitcher, a starting pitcher for example, you don't want to probably start Sable against a left-handed starter. I think that in a perfect world, neither I mean, in a perfect world, Haniger is in left, Conforto's in right, Yaz is in center, and then when there's a lefty on the mound, Slater starts in center. But without Slater and without Haniger, I think either Sable or Yastremski, but probably Sable because he's less experienced, would be a platoon guy. And so in this case, I think with Bryce Johnson likely to make that team, what you would see is... Yastrzemski in left, Conforto in right, and Bryce Johnson in center against left-handed pitching. And then late in a game, if you're concerned about defense, you can put you can make that configuration as well. You can put Yaz in left, Conforto in right, and Bryce Johnson in center, and suddenly that's a really good defensive outfield. Obviously, you know Conforto. We need to see it. He's had really good defensive seasons in the corners in his career, but. You know, coming off a missed year, coming off shoulder surgery, I need to see it. But if that's your configuration, that's, that's pretty good defensively. And then, of course, what the other thing Johnson brings to the table is not just, uh, good defense in center field, but also speed on the bases. And he has been perfect in stolen base attempts in the spring. Is what is he? 12 for 12? He's just run wild in the spring. I'm skeptical about his potential to hit at the major league level, but. If he gets on roughly 30% of the time and just can wreak havoc on the bases and play good defensive center field, then that would be something worth taking a look at. And that's why it looks like they are going to give him that opportunity. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're focused on batting average and you look at his spring training numbers, like we just mentioned Blake Sable, he hit 296 in triple uh, a last year but a 426 on base and 543 slugging when we look at bryce johnson it, he hit 290 in triple a last year but just a 369 on base healthy but not great and just a 401 slugging it was overall a below average offensive line uh, by a metric like weighted runs created plus but he did steal 31 bases and was only caught five times and so You know, with the pitch timer and the bigger bases and the limitations on pickoff attempts, it could be that that really makes a difference and that Bryce Johnson could be a huge disruptor on the bases. But my concern is, will he get on base enough? And so he deserves the opportunity given the injuries and given the spring performance, and he's going to get it. And so is Sean Jelly, probably, not officially, but Sean Jelly has also had a really good camp. And is deserving of the opportunity. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to start to answer some mailbag questions. A lot of good questions coming in, including, is it realistic to expect Bryce Johnson to become a major league starter or is it the rose-colored glasses of spring training talking there? So we'll get into that question and many more in just a second. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. I love playing this game. It is like a perfect game for me because you know i like to think like a gm and this game allows me to do so i get to take on a franchise that is in a bad position and completely rebuild them from scratch including hiring coaches of course acquiring talent scouting uh making trades facilities worrying about team chemistry just everything that a real gm has to worry about uh you get to take that on and really compete for bragging rights. If you can uh, play against your friends as well, like compete with them, have them start their own teams and see who's able to put that best squad together. That's what we've been doing with our fellow locked on hosts. And my team is doing better than most. And so I'm, you know, a little... Trash talk, little shade thrown at some of the other Locked On hosts who are not performing up to that same standard. So, anyway, you can have these bragging rights as well for yourself. Check it out. Uh, and Locked On Giants listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So, make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you are like me, you've probably experienced trying to buy tickets from some of these other uh, websites and having a difficult time getting hit by hidden fees, realizing you didn't pay the best price, not being able to find those tickets. Well, introducing Game Time. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your favorite events, including upcoming Giants games at Oracle Park, flash deals, last-minute tickets, and the lowest price guarantee, plus images of every seat. This is a big deal, especially, I mean, if you're going to a new venue that you're not familiar with, you want to see where it is that you're sitting, and with game time, you can do it. And let me tell you more about this game time guarantee. It means that you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You cannot lose with that. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, here we go. We're going to get into some mailbag questions. Obviously, I didn't spend a lot of time talking about Sean Jelly there, but uh, yeah, put on 15 pounds of muscle and was throwing harder. And Farhan Zaidi said that he has a really good shot of making that opening day roster, which uh, by the way, Alex Cobb looking like he might miss his first start. And so that's possibly they might I don't know we'll just have to wait and see exactly what the roster looks like but I wouldn't be shocked if Cobb goes on the IL too but he he just he got hit by a line drive in the knee nothing structural it's just swelling uh, and so they just want to let it calm down before he makes that start and so hopefully it would just be a thing if he does miss time it would just be one start probably at most but getting to the mailbag questions Evan Speaking of Bryce Johnson says, is it realistic to expect Bryce Johnson to become a major league starter, or is this just the rose-colored glasses of spring training? I think it's the rose-colored glasses of spring training. Obviously, I don't want to just say for sure he's not going to become a major league starter, but you don't want to make a habit of reading into spring training statistics too much. And likewise, we're going to get to some questions about Mike Yastrzemski's poor spring, and I think you know, if <laughs> Yastrzemski has a track record of being an above average hitter at the major league level, and you might be saying, what? His batting average is 214 or whatever it was last year. Well, it's not all about batting average. It's okay. The batting average is something, but also when you get your hits, are you hitting for power? And... Uh, are you getting on base? Like you could walk 20% of the time and if you have a 200 batting average, you're still getting on base as much as the average guy who's got a much higher batting average. And so it kind of mitigates that. And so for Bryce Johnson, like I said, I mean, his track record is of being like league average for a AAA player offensively. Last couple of years, that's roughly where he's been. And so when you're like league average in AAA, you're probably going to be below average in the major leagues offensively. But like I said, I mean, if you can play good defense and get on base enough that when you're and then when you're on base, if you're like causing havoc, then you can be a solid player. And I I mean, I think of Billy Hamilton is not the best example. That guy really couldn't hit. But I, I mean, he did have some years where he and I don't think Bryce Johnson is quite on that level in terms of disruptive defense and speed. But I mean, think about how Billy Hamilton kind of fizzled out, though. He had some good years, but really, despite that extremely good defense and speed, it just wasn't really enough because he didn't he didn't hit enough. So it's kind of like the Steven Duggar package, you know, it's the same kind of deal where it's just like there wasn't enough offense to make the whole package work. And so I think that when all is said and done, Bryce Johnson kind of has an uphill battle to become a major league starter. But He deserves the opportunity, like I said, given the injuries they have and given what he did in spring. And, you know, it is the, 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 we play by different rules now with the pitch timer and limits on pickoffs and bigger bases. And so it could be that skills like this that Johnson has, you know, make a, make his, make that skill set more valuable. It could be those types of skills are more valuable in this modern new game with these new rules. And so we're going to find out. We'll we'll see if he can make that impact. I'm skeptical, but deserving of the opportunity. Eddie says, if Casey Schmidt isn't the starting third baseman, should I riot? (laughs) Uh, No, I would advise against rioting, uh, especially because I can tell you right now, he's not going to be the starting third baseman. They've already said essentially that it's going to go to David VR. David VR has that upper minors experience and dominated. Let's not forget, he dominated in AAA last year, ended up hitting, what, 36 home runs between AAA and the majors last season, and Casey Schmidt has barely played above A ball. And so it's very reasonable to say, okay, Casey Schmidt should go to AAA and just you know, Zaidi, again, in this long interview mentioned that the last thing that they really want Schmidt to work on is basically breaking balls by right-handed pitchers. And that makes sense. I mean, you imagine facing Garrett Cole, you've barely played above a ball and he's just going to slider you to death. And so for Schmidt, he is a little aggressive, a little vulnerable to those tough right-handed breaking balls. And basically though, Zaidi said that's all he needs to do. And once he does that, if he can kind of figure that out, then he's a major leaguer. And so I think that in and of itself is exciting and the fact i mean nobody should have expected that he was ever going to make that opening day team it'd be one thing if he had already lots of experience in double a triple a but he doesn't he just barely he barely played in double a and then was aggressively promoted to triple a and then he had like four games there so he's gonna go to triple a it's just exciting though if he hits he becomes an option at third and potentially at short and so uh When all is said and done this year, if Casey Schmidt kind of breaks through, that could be one of the best stories of the season. But it's not going to be on opening day unless something crazy happens. Dark Ma Fantasy says Blake Sable gets 400 at bats. And I say no. Uh, It's just like I said, I think earlier, or I might have been saying that about someone else, but it's just an uphill battle when you're a rule five pick in that. You know, you can't be optioned. And so it's like sink or swim. You either perform or you're gone. They can't just sit around and wait while you struggle for two months uh, to try to figure it out. And so if he gets 400 at bats, this would be a huge success. It would essentially mean that he's really performing well. But the odds are against guys like this, even though he has such good performance in the minor leagues, it's just tough to perform at the major league level. And so the odds are against him, but I give him more of a chance than uh Bryce Johnson probably to not get 400 ABs, but to hit at the major league level. And so we'll see. And then the fact that he's a catcher and so like he really has to perform quickly because Hanager is expected back pretty soon. And so if it depends on how they view his defense at the catcher position, it depends on how Joey Bart, performs at the plate if Bart is like striking out 50% of the time and Sable's hitting well and then Hanniger comes back it's possible you see Bart sent out and Sable be that catcher but defensively is he good enough to be like a primary catcher especially like I'm saying with these new rules and catchers are really important to enforce the running game to like limit the running game and back picks and stuff like that and so I'm skeptical that he can do that but We will find out. Dylan says, are Mike Yastrzemski's struggles in spring training something to be concerned about? And in my opinion, not really. It's so much more relevant what he's done in his major league career than what he did in, you know, 20, 30 spring training plate appearances. It just doesn't matter all that much what you do in the spring. And, you know, major league hitters go through rough 20 plate appearance stretches all the time, even good ones. And so, you don't just have like a like a four, five-year major league track record of doing X, and then you go to spring training and do Y, and then we say, this is what's more important, the spring training performance. It just doesn't – there's no reason to do that. And so for Jastrzemski, you know, certainly there's some concerning decline in the performance over the last couple of years. In 2020 – excuse me, in 2019 and 2020 combined – he hit 281, 357 on base, 535 slugging in about a full season's worth of games. Played 161 games over those two seasons combined, was about 35% above average offensively. Last two years, 2021 and 2022, he's hit just 219. But like I said, in terms of average not being the most important thing, He's hit just 219, but overall by weighted runs created plus where 100 is average. He's been 2% above average offensively because of a 10% walk rate, which has led to a 308 on base, which is all right, maybe a little below average, but a 424 slugging, uh, which is above average, hit 42 home runs over the last couple of years. So, you know, a 20 home run hitter and a guy who gets on base at like a decent clip and then plays good defensive center field or good defensive outfield and the ability to play center and is a good base runner as well. And so and then you know if you zoom out even a little bit more we'll see that he has been in his career about 20 percent above average against right-handed pitching. So at the very least he looks like just a kind of solid role player as a platoon guy who can play every day because of what he provides defensively he also hasn't been terrible against left-handed pitching in his career but yeah I just I think it's a mistake to get too worked up about spring training performance for pretty much anybody but especially guys with a major league track record all right, the next question is going to be about the third base position and what the Giants are going to do if David VR struggles out of the gate. So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, here we go. More questions and answers. The next one coming from Trevin, who says, if David VR struggles, what is the plan at third? Are the Giants willing to put below-average defenders at the spot, or is Schmidt an option? And so I guess I kind of addressed the Schmidt portion of this already, but I think that they don't have much of a choice. If David Vr struggles out of the gates, uh, they kind of have to go below-average defenders at third, and those options would be uh, J.D. Davis and Wilmer Flores. I think probably J.D. Davis more likely than Wilmer Flores because... Has Flores even played a lot of third recently? I just can't remember him playing much. I think he still does. But J.D. Davis, he made a really nice play last night, but has a track record of being a below average defender at third. And so it is risky. And the thing is, uh, J.D. Davis hits so well that he might still be like a pretty solid overall player, even if he's playing third. And so it's not the worst plan in the world. Uh, there are worse third basemen overall than J.D. Davis, I think. But defensively, it could be an issue. And that's why Schmidt, it's important that he goes to AAA and does learn to hit that right-handed tough breaking ball. Because if he does, then, and they might just say to heck with it and go with Casey Schmidt anyway. If David VR struggles and say they try J.D. Davis at third and there's just defensive problems and Schmidt's just doing okay in AAA, It's kind of the opposite of J.D. Davis, where the defense is good enough that he doesn't really have to hit a ton to be a valuable player. And so they've got like four different layers of depth there with V.R., Davis, Flores, and then Schmidt. And so it's certainly not hard to see some things going wrong. And certainly David V.R. could struggle at the plate or in the field or both. But uh, I think they've got decent fallback options there. Next question from... Matt in Maine, who says, other than depth, what do you think the Giants have working best to their favor in 2023? On the other hand, what is the biggest weakness for 2023? And man, it's a tough one. I think other than depth, I mean, one of the things that they have working in their favor is their ability to limit the home run as a pitching staff. They just, I think the last two years, they've led the major leagues in terms of fewest home runs allowed at least per nine innings, but I would assume overall as well. And so I'm just thinking like big picture stuff, limiting the home runs and yet hitting home runs themselves. They're a team that again, Farhan Zaidi in this wide ranging interview, they got to this topic, which is that they led the league in homers in 2021. He was saying, but does anybody even remember who led the Giants? I remembered it was Brandon Belt who hit 29, uh, one short of 30, but it was a good point. Like they just they spread it around over the whole roster, and I and so I think, especially if Hanniger and Conforto can be healthy, this is a team that's going to hit. They're going to have a lot of guys hit ten plus homers, and several guys should hit twenty plus homers. And so I think it'll add up to quite a few homers, and then they should continue to limit home runs themselves. And so that kind of dichotomy of limiting them and hitting them, and then also strike zone command, like at the plate being really disciplined. They've got you know bringing in. Michael Conforto, he's a really disciplined hitter. who's going to draw a lot of walks similar to Brandon belt in a lot of ways, actually, if you look at the numbers, but you know, and, and for those wondering belt was a really good offensive player in my opinion. Uh, So having really good discipline and like strike zone awareness and taking pitches and grinding out at bats, that was like the theme of 2021. So they I think they should be able to do that to some degree again in 2023 and then on the pitching side, kind of the opposite in that they pound the strike zone. This is a team that even last year, despite their struggles and certainly in 2021, they don't walk people either. So they limit homers and they limit walks. And what got them last year was like the ball in play just fell in too much. But uh, controlling the strike zone as a hitting group and controlling the strike zone as a pitching group and then the home run ball as well. So those are a couple of kind of vague things, but really important things and kind of Big picture, but also really granular. So, yeah, that's what I got for you. Wayne says, not necessarily a Giants question, but why does every projection slash slash list put out by national writers always start with the AL East and end with the AL West? It drives me NL West. It drives me nuts. I am 100% with you. It's driven me nuts for years as well. And I one time mentioned this like in a fantasy baseball slack group that I'm in that has a lot of members and the people responded to me said it was alphabetical was the reason that everybody starts with AL East and goes, I mean, it doesn't, that's just such a cop out to me. It's East coast bias is what bias is why it's, uh, is why this is the way it is. If you look at like the newspaper too, it's like, if you look at where do the standing start, AL East is always first. And they'll say it's alphabetical American league before national league. And I guess starting with East, even though it would be central it to me it should go left to right like west central east because i'm looking at like what does it look like on a map of the united states you've got your west on the left and your east on the right i guess i could see starting in the american league alphabetically but then going in order i don't know yeah it bothers me too uh but I think it's just East Coast bias, and they want to start with the Yankees and Red Sox, and they care the least about the National League West, and they're always getting slept on. And usually the Giants are last, and they'll say it's alphabetical as well, like San Francisco. But that, that makes sense. If you're going to sort the teams in the division, you might as well sort them alphabetically, I guess. Uh, next question from Mick, who says, How do you feel about the schedule this year, travel, rest days, etc.? Balanced? Any particular stretches look particularly easy or difficult? I wish I had more time to answer this question, but essentially the, the schedule is difficult from a travel perspective. All of the additional games against American League teams, every team... Is going to play every other team this year, starting this year and moving forward. And so it means more games in like the Central and East. And so the Giants have a worse travel schedule than usual, but fewer games against the Dodgers and the Padres and, of course, also the D-backs and the Rockies. So I, at some point, maybe next week, I'm going to look in detail going through the schedule. But generally speaking, it is rough from a travel perspective, a lot of travel to Central and East like basically very little travel to just like on a road trip, just going West coast. It's almost every trip has them going far. And so it's kind of tough. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making lockdown giants. Your first listen today for your second listen, check out lockdown fantasy baseball, win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies, find lockdown fantasy baseball, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the lockdown podcast network, your team every day. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button, rate it, leave it a review, whatever you can do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, have a great weekend. We'll probably have a lot for you on Monday. So please come back for that. Thanks for listening. Once again, you are now locked on Giants.